It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Grizzlies. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For this Locked On Grizzlies podcast, make sure you're following the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at King underscore producer. Uh, I, I'm back. We have another episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Uh, I took... Uh, Friday off and uh, I took Monday off as well. Um, I was been pretty sick over the past seems like forever, but um, I'm sort of back as you can tell. My voice is still not great, um, and I had completely lost it uh, over the weekend, so I, I really couldn't talk at all. So. Uh, apologies for the missed podcast, but I appreciate everyone uh, sticking with me and understanding. I, I know that you do. So, um, got a good podcast for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about this Grizzlies seventy six or Grizzlies seventy sixers games. The Grizzlies go out and they lose again on Sunday. Uh, we also have our edition of Monday Mailbag since we missed that on Monday. We'll do that today. We only had one question, so be should pretty. It, it, and I think it's a fairly easy question to get through. Uh, so we'll do that as well. Um, but let's first get into this Grizzlies seventy uh, sixers this game. This um. The 76ers, uh, again, they, they have Jimmy Butler this time. The Grizzlies did not face the 76ers last time with Jimmy Butler. Um, the Grizzlies lose 103-95, to puts them at 13-9 and on the season. And the 76ers continue to roll with Jimmy Butler. He has added a, a different um, dynamic to their team, as uh, a star of his caliber will do. I mean, he, he really is just... He's really good. I mean, in the past, in a week or so, maybe a little longer, they, you know, their offense down the stretch. If they need a bucket, is give it to Jimmy Butler, which, to be quite frankly, is 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 a damn good option to have. Uh, the Grizzlies do not have an option like that. Um, uh, the Grizzlies, you know, this this game was it, it was tough. Uh, you know, they, the the Seventy Sixers pulled out in the the first quarter. I think they, you know, I think they extended the lead to maybe twelve or thirteen in one point. So. Um, it's a game that never really looked like the Grizzlies were going to even have a chance at. And then, um, you know, down the stretch late, they didn't have a chance. They never really could get over that hump. They would get within, I think the closest they got was in like within three. Um, it just never felt like the Grizzlies were going to get over that hump and get either the game tied or, or get back into the game and, and take the lead. So, um, you, you know, really from the get go from the, you know, late in the first quarter, it, it felt like the Grizzlies didn't have a chance. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's a good. The Seventy Sixers are a good team. Um, you, you really can't. You really can't fault the Grizzlies too much. I personally thought they were going to lose this game. The more you look at, the more that you look at, the more they see what the Seventy Sixers have. Um, especially with someone like JJ Redick, who has the ability to just shoot lights out at any point. So, um, you know, it, it's a game that you know on the road. It's 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 not an easy game to win in the first place. So. Um, Mark and Mike just were not good in this game. Just um, they just weren't very good at all. Uh, they combined. Or uh, Mark Asal was four for fourteen with twelve points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, up two blocks. Um, but still, it was twenty eight percent from the field. Uh, just just not good. Uh, it was two for th- two for five from three, which is great. But you just really didn't do anything else beyond the uh, around the rim. So. Um, 
you know, Marcus Hall, and he, and he sat there and played 38 minutes and, and to be really offensively not very effective. And quite, quite honestly, uh, the Grizzlies weren't very effective on defense either. Um, Mike Conley, six for 17, only shot 35% from the field, uh, shot the three ball really well, but just didn't really do much else. A five assist, a steal, you know, got some people involved, but he ended up with 21 points, but it took him a lot of shots to get to that 21 points. Um, he was six for seven from the free throw, from the free throw line. So, um, you know, Marcus had 12, Mike Conley had 21, but man, it took him, took him a lot to get there. Uh, took him 17 shots and 14 shots respectively and, and, you know, several chips at the free throw line as well. So, um, just not really, you know, just, just not enough from those guys. And as we've so clearly seen throughout this, uh, throughout this year, if Mike and Mark don't play well, I mean, it's just, it's hard for the Grizzlies to win games. Um, it, it's hard for them to do really much of anything because they don't have that other, uh, you know, dynamic score, you know, they don't have any other really score, but then you have besides Jaron Jackson and, but they don't really, you know, that really involved Jaron Jackson so much. I mean, it, it really feels like the Grizzlies, they, <clears throat> excuse me, they have a different offense in the first quarter than they do in this, in the fourth quarter, because in the first quarter, Jaron Jackson was getting the ball in good spots. They were feeding him in the low post. As soon as he, he's doing, he's, he's running down the floor. He's getting really good deep post position, boxing out his man where all you have to do is pass him the ball. And he's got a really good easily up because he's usually boxed his man out so well. He's, he's right under the basket in that his defender is underneath the basket. So it's really hard for his defender to play any sort of defense. Uh, Jaron Jackson ends up with 17 points, uh, six or six from the line. He's only one or four from three, uh, three rebounds. You know, you don't want to see more there, but you know, it was, it was, it was, it was five for 10. It was really efficient. Um, and, and something that he scored seven points in his, in the first quarter, uh, seven of his 17 in the first quarter. And then it took three, 10, three, three more quarters to get 10 points. So, you know, they've got to do something to get Jaron Jackson more involved. Now, you know, there's lineups where he's out there and it's just, it's like Jaron, Kyle, Jamichael, Marshawn, or Wayne Selden and Shelvin Mack, something like that. I mean, and at, at that point, the offense needs to be give Jaron Jackson the ball and let him do something or run something for Jaron Jackson. Now, I understand if you not if you don't necessarily want to run something, run a, sp- a specific set for Jaron with Mark also in the game. I get it, although I think you probably should at this point. I get it, but if Jaron is out there with, you know, Kyle Anderson or Garrett Temple and Jamichael and Shelvin Mack and Marshawn or Wayne Selden, you got to give him the ball. I mean, he's your he is your third scorer. That he is the the third scorer on this team is Jaron Jackson, um, and I'm just not sure they have come to terms with that being the third. You know, with, with that reality yet. I'm not sure, you know, you know what 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 the deal is with the late game situations. Um, J- Jaron was got his fifth foul with like I think like three or four minutes to go, and he got taken out and reinserted like in like like 45 seconds to go. Um, you know, I just it's very strange. I mean, at that point, you just gotta let 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 the kid foul out. Um, he's got six out six fouls for a reason. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know. You know, JB Bickerstaff is clearly still learning. Um, as much as I was singing his praises a week ago, here we are, and I think you still, you know, you still have a, you still have questions on some of the things he does. Grizzlies are one in four in the last five games, um, just not playing back, just not playing good basketball right now, and they've got to get back to what they were doing earlier in the year, uh, which was playing really, you know, 
better defense than they had offense. Uh, but, you know, turning the ball over, running down the floor, getting easy buckets. Uh, and some of that starts with if Jaron Jackson runs down the floor and gets a good post position, you have to reward the kid for getting good early post position and get him the ball and let him score easily. And that seems like that's when they do in the first quarters. They actively try to look for Jaron in those first quarters, but then it seems like as the game goes on in the third and fourth quarters, they go away from that, uh, which doesn't make a whole lot, you know, doesn't make sense to me. If you have something that you know works, especially in the first quarter, the kid has seven points. Uh, you have something you know that works in that quarter. Uh, he's getting early post position. He's, he's, he's finding a groove. He's, he knows what's working as far as offense for him. If you have someone that is doing that consistently, um, you know, you you do it until they stop it, and that's you know that's the game of basketball. If you if you have something that works, and, and you see this so many times with teams and pick and rolls, um, you know, with two really good players that they put them in the pick and roll, and 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 kid, you know, games just or excuse me, teams just can't stop it. They just go back to it and back to it, especially in late in the games. They go back, you know, again and again and again, um, because they know that they have either they they're going to let continue to let them do it, or they're going to make a change to try and stop it. Um, and I think that's something that the Grizzlies should definitely look at. I mean, if if you have if if you have a kid that's scoring seven points in the first quarter and having is having a lot of success as a rookie, um, and getting you know and good getting good offensive uh, possessions for you, that's not something you should go away from. That's not something you should continue to look at. Uh, but it seems like you know in the fourth quarters they 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 really just either stick him in the quarter or he's getting his points off of uh, of, of you know uh, offensive rebounds or or. Uh, second chance points or, or whatever. I mean, he's not getting the points from, from them actively looking for an open Jaron Jackson. So, um, you know, it, the Grizzlies, you know, they, they lose that one. Um, it's, it's, it's something that you, you know, I think they probably, they actually had a chance to win. I mean, like I said, they, they never looked like they were in it, but then you look up and, here they are down four points thanks to uh mike conley getting fouled he hits i think it was mike mike and mark getting fouled going to line hitting one free throw missing jaron jackson of all people getting the offensive rebound and getting the uh put back yeah although i think i think they credit it to jaron i think that it was kyle but one of them were one of them easily put the put the ball back in the game or put the ball back in the basket and so you have um you, you look up and you're you're down four points I mean, I don't remember exactly what the time is on the clock, but you are now looking at a timeout situation, and and they advance the ball, and the Grizzlies just fall asleep. I mean, they just they did totally just fall asleep on the play on defense, and uh, and they give a wide open layup to JJ Redick. Just just an awful awful um just an awful possession out of a timeout no less. I mean, I don't know what what in the hell they were were thinking, but they they just they were not. They weren't looking for what they were supposed. I mean, they just weren't. They weren't thinking. Um, so, really bad execution, and that leads to a a, a, um, a wide open layout for Jer- for JJ Redick. Um, and then you have a, a possession where the Grizzlies call timeout, and they have the ball on the sideline out of bounds. And I believe Mike was taking the ball out, but either way, they turn the ball over because they're just not running the right set, not paying attention. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, just just bad bad execution and then even even more so you look at the the idea that uh the grizzlies let jj reddick bring the ball up the floor in the late late in the game when they needed to foul someone they let jj reddick bring the ball up the floor and then they he passes it to joel Embiid, which is that's the guy you should be fouling and the grizzlies stand right next to him and then they pass it back to jj reddick and they foul jj reddick someone who is literally going to knock down all the free throw shots that you give him 
uh, whereas Joel Embiid may miss a few. So it's just, you know, it was really, really bad execution uh, mentally down the stretch for the Grizzlies in a game where, you know, they largely weren't even in it most of the game. And then you look up and you have a chance uh, to play good defense with 45, 50 seconds left to go when you're down, when you're down four, uh, you have a chance to play good defense, get the ball back and possibly uh, extend the game. And they just don't, um, you know, it's a game where they actually got solid production from their bench and you know, from the two players on the bench that, you know, they don't really have a whole lot of wings anymore, but Jamaka green, the model of consistency, 14 points, seven rebounds in 25 minutes, uh, four steals. So, I mean, just, just doing really good things, just doing what he does every night, just gives you go out, give you 10, 15 points a game, rebounds the ball really well. And, you know, and I don't, I don't understand. We'll talk, this, we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but I don't understand why people want are so easy to pull the trigger on trading to Mike Green when he's like the most consistent player the Grizzlies have. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get from him every night. Um, and then the surprise was Marshawn Brooks had 12 points. Uh, it was 5 for 10, you know, and saw 20 minutes of action, you know. Um, wasn't great down the stretch in the second half. I, I, I'd said in, on Twitter that, yeah, he was, he was good in the first half. I wanted to see more Marshawn Brooks. But then he was just – he got torched defensively. And the Grizzlies ended up um, having a – ended up playing him late in the game. Just some just some weird lineups from JB. Like, Marshawn Brooks was there late in the game. Jamaka Ring was there late in the game. And I, I, I will give Jamaka Ring as much credit as it deserves. But quite frankly, at the end of the game, you, you put your best players in and, and Jaron Jackson should be in the game. Yeah, end of story. Uh, Jaron Jackson should be in the game with Mark Gasol at the end of the game. Um, so, you know, it, and it's not like he had a bad game and he got pulled because he had a bad game. He just got pulled because, I mean, I don't know why. There, No one knows the reason. I mean, I, I don't understand the logic of pulling pulling Jaron Jackson at the end of the game when he, he's shooting the ball well, he's playing good. Yeah, he's got five fouls, but there's three minutes left. I mean, if he fouls out, so be it. Then you're going to do exactly what you did already was, was put Jamaka Green in. And so be it. If that's what happens, then so be it. Let the kid do it. But at some point, you have to just start letting him. Okay, if he just fouls out, let him foul out. It'll be it'll be okay. It's not going to change anything because if it if he fouls out, you're going to be in the exact same situation that you were in that you are in right now, which is putting Jamaka Green in the game, which is what you wanted to do in the first place. So, and then you don't have anybody like me or anybody else second guessing the fact that you did, you had Jaron Jackson on the bench and he might have could help you win a game. Uh, when he had just done so against the Nets a few nights before, so you know, because he can't, you know, if he fouls out, he fouls out. You can't play him. Period. In a story, so uh, Chabie's going to really, really have to figure that, that that out in his late game situations uh, and his late game rotations uh, and lineups have to really, really be figured out. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies uh, did not do a good job on JJ Redick uh, in the first game uh, against the 76ers. They did a good job on JJ Redick and, and slowing him down, but he was he was just you know. He was every he was, he did everything you you could ask him for in the night and and goes out and gets twenty four points. The problem with the 76ers now that you acquired Jimmy Butler last time, uh, Garrett Temple was able to lock you know was really to focus on JJ Redick and and or and try to slow him down and which he did. Uh, but this time you have to put Garrett Temple or Kyle Anderson on Jimmy Butler and then. You have to you have to move either Mike Conley over JJ Redick. So Mike Conley spent a lot of his nights chasing chasing around JJ Redick that night and just you know. Putting Jimmy Butler in that lineup just it creates so many more problems for this Grizzlies team, uh, for any team really. Uh, then, then it you know especially with Ben C. F. Ben Simmons out there, J. 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 Redick, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, all of just all players that could go off at any moment 
and, and score 10 in a row and, and then you're looking up and you don't know what happened. So um, it, it's a good 76ers team. It's not a bad loss. It's a good 76ers team on a night where Mark and Mike were terrible and you know you you got some decent production from other play, from other people. Mark and Mike were not great, uh, and it's a good it's a really good 76ers team. And you ended up having a chance to win down the stretch. Even you know even having a chance to get in the game down the stretch, and you couldn't do it because of mental mistakes. So um, you know it, 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 there's nothing else you can say except for the Grizzlies really missed out on an opportunity on that one, uh, like they have been in you know the past few weeks where it seems like every game is going down to the wire with them. So uh, the Grizzlies miss another chance to get another win. Although it was going to be a hard game, no matter what, to win, um, but you really needed Mike and Mark to step up, and they didn't. So, uh, anytime the Mark and Mark, as we've seen, uh, don't play well, you're not going to win very. This team's just not going to win very many games. So, uh, but that that's kind of um, that's it for this game. I mean, it, you know, it, it's a game where I think largely you probably expected them to lose that game anyway. Um, it, it was happy to see they had a chance down the stretch, but uh, still sucks. You know, it still sucks that you know they lose a the game now. Uh, have lost several, or excuse me, one and four in the last five. You know, it's a game where you just wish you had back, but you have to move on uh, to the Clippers on Wednesday. Uh, But we'll talk about, I mentioned the Nets game. We'll talk about that in the third segment. In the second second segment coming up, we're going to do our Monday mailbag. Uh, I know it's Tuesday, but we're going to do it. We missed it. So we missed it Monday because I wasn't here. Uh, Excuse me, because I was sick. So we're going to do Monday mailbag on Tuesday. We'll answer that one question in that third segment. We'll talk about that Nets game. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the show. Uh, for our uh, third segment, again, we're going to talk about that Nets game. The Grizzlies uh, actually win that game, so they went 1-1 one one over the weekend. Uh, it took a couple of overtimes to get there, but we'll talk about that in our last segment. In the second segment, we'll do our Monday mailbag uh, that we have missed because uh, I was sick on Monday. But that doesn't mean we still can't do it. Uh, we only had one question for this week. That comes from uh, Zach via our email. Again, if you want to uh, make sure you're sending in your questions every week from Monday Mailbag, you can tweet them to me at King underscore producer, or you can send them to the show on Twitter at LockdownGrez. You can send them. You can DM them to me. You can DM to the uh, to the show, or you can simply email them to me at LockdownGrez at gmail.com. And that's where this one comes from. A email from Zach. Uh, and it's a pretty simple question. Should the Grizzlies trade for Markel Fultz? Uh, he says that he knows uh, we could possibly get him for cheap and wants to know if that's a possibility if we should look at getting Markel Fultz. Um, you know, uh, the Grizzlies have had their problems with injury history, as we are all too familiar with um, with Chandler Parsons and... Yeah, I mean, could you get Markel Fultz for probably pretty cheap? Yeah, you probably could. You probably could. You probably could. Uh, you know, he, that, he, he's got some serious problems. I mean, from what he was in college to what he is now, it's like a different player. I mean, he is, is seriously a different player. Um, he's got serious, serious problems. Uh, he's, he's currently, like, seeing a specialist for his shoulder and wrist. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got serious concerns with his shot. I mean, it, it, looks, it looks awful. Um, it, it looks seriously, it looks awful. It looks broken. Um, whatever, whatever happened with his trainer and other people, it's just, um, 
you know, he's got serious concerns with health and, and even if he does get back, I still think his shot is broken period. Um, so could you probably get, uh, Markel Fultz for cheap? You probably could. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that's the Grizz, what the Grizzlies should do. You, you're thinking about a team that has so many problems. With, think about what you have with Chandler Parsons, and there's just so many questions with Markel Fultz that you know I, I don't even think you you start to go there. I, I think the Grizzlies, even if even if somehow you manage to get Markel Fultz or cheap, and he turns out to be better than he was now, or you know better than you know something. What do you, you even if he turns out to be a good, decent player? Um, I'm not sure the Grizzlies can take that trade just because of perception. I mean, most player, most people don't understand that Marco Fultz is a good player, even though he's just really he's just hurt and has problem has injury has injury concerns. Um, it's the same thing with Chandler Parsons. I mean, yeah, he was once a good player, but he had injury concerns, and look how that went for you. So I'm not sure the Grizzlies, even if you could get him for something cheaply, and uh, you know, even if the Grizzlies wanted to take a chance on him. Um, I'm not sure you could just because of a perception and, you know, and if it doesn't pan out, then you're stuck giving up something for a player, another player that's going to be sitting on your bench this year. So you would have Chandler Parsons hanging out with Markel Fultz the whole, you know, whole year. And I just don't think they can take that kind of chance. Uh, you know, I always talk about that the, the, the only way you're going to get players or good players to come to this franchise is through trades and the draft. No, the free agencies just just don't going to do it. Uh, healthy, good free agents just aren't going to do it. So um, that is one way you could improve this team. But I think they should be looking at other players besides Marco Fultz. I don't. I'm not sure that uh, he's ever going to get back to what he was. And I'm not even if he did. You just say, oh well, he just got back. I said, I'm not sure the Grizzlies can take that chance just because of perception. Everybody, you know, just because of the press, you know, they would kill him if it ended up going badly for them. Um, people just don't understand that he, yes, he was once a good player, but he might get better. You know, uh, I'd say they would get killed so much, um, just for making that trade. I, I think for that reason alone, I don't think they would do it just because there's so much risk involved. I, I'm not sure they could go down that path again, but you know, with, with having Chandler Parsons sitting on your bench and I'm not so sure Chandler Parsons plays another minute for this Grizzlies team. Um, having someone like Chandler Parsons sitting on your bench and then you put Fultz in there and you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, even if you do, you have to give up someone like you know, you're going to have to give up somebody, uh, a role player, possibly Gary Tipple who was on expiring. And I'm not sure you do that. So, um, would it work possibly? Uh, but I think the risk is too high for the Grizzlies to even take a, take a chance at. Uh, but again, I appreciate you, Zach. Uh, thanks for the email. I hope that answers your question. Um, if you know, again, do they check, take a chance? Maybe, but I'm not so sure they can take that chance uh, without getting killed for it. And if, especially if it doesn't work out, then you're stuck um, in the same position you are right now. But instead of one player, you have two players. So, uh, again, thanks to Zach for shooting that uh, question over via email. Again, if you have questions, please send them to me at lockedongrizz at gmail.com or you can tweet the show at lockedongrizz at Twitter. On Twitter, like Locked on Grizz, uh, you can tweet me on on Twitter at King underscore Producer, uh, or you can shoot and send me some DMs. However, you want to get them to me, just give me the questions and we'll answer them every Monday on our Monday mailbag. Coming up in the next segment, we will talk about this Nets game that the Grizzlies actually won. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league. 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the show. The Grizzlies win on Friday uh, against the Nets, against an awful Nets team. Let's just make that real clear. Uh, 131-125, and it took them two overtimes to get there. It took them a, uh, an absolute crazy shot from Jaron Jackson Jr. to tie it uh, last second, and it just it took a lot for them to get this win. Uh, Mike Conley has 37 points. Jaron Jackson has 36. I mean, he was, he was amazing in this game. Uh, 36 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, Mike Conley had 37 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. Uh, Marcus off 15 and 15, 5 assists. I mean, Grizzlies have ended up playing Mark 46, Mike 45, Jaron 43, Garrett Temple 42. Um, just, I mean, it took everything they had just to get this win over a awful, awful Knicks team. Um, D'Angelo Russell goes goes for 26 and eight assists. Uh, you know, beyond beyond Garrett and Mike and Mark and Jaron, like usual, uh, there's just not a lot of scoring there. There's just not a lot of offense there. Jared, Garrett Temple had 13 points, uh, two assists, and a rebound, and three steals. Um, you know, Kyle Anderson does a lot, does a lot in the stat sheet, but, you know, only has six points. That's something that you're going to have to, you know, I continue to say this on this podcast. You, you really have to find a way to get Kyle Anderson the ball in his hands. You have to find a way to get him more involved in this offense. Um, it, I really would like to see a Kyle Anderson and Jaron Jackson pick and roll at some point. Uh, because I really think that Kyle Anderson has enough ability to uh, make uh, make moves with the ball to get people open as he drives, but also either either you can let you can let Jaron slide out to the three pointer and take that three because he's you know he's making that three pretty regularly, or if you want him to dive to the basket, you can do so and let, you can you know there's just so many options you could put Jaron Jackson and, and Garrett uh, or excuse me Kyle on the pick and roll Jaron can slip the pick. Uh, run, you know, dive to the basket. I mean, he's so athletic. You could toss it up to him for lobs. I mean, there's so many options for 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 that kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, I feel like it's very underutilized. Um, you know, it's just a whole lot of Mark and Mike offense. And and quite frankly, I think that's just too much sometimes. Um, Kyle Anderson does have six points. I'm just not sure. Um, you know, offensively, he just you got to get more from him. Even in this Clipper in that Clippers game, he just wasn't just wasn't very good. Um, Shelvin Mack seven points, which is. Uh, better, but he's come crashing back to earth as a as a role player. But quite frankly, you know that's what he is. I mean, he he's only good because of the people around him. I mean, he's a he is an adequate backup backup point guard. You know, he's not gonna he's not going to um, for the most part. It's not going to give the game away, and that's really what you need in a backup point guard. You you don't you don't want him to give the game away. Um, you want to you want him to contribute what what he can, um, but he was he was not good in this game. Uh, yeah, he had seven points. He took eleven shots though to get there. It was only he was two for eleven, which is eighteen percent from the field. Uh, just just not good. And the only reason he had seven points was he had two threes. So you know, yeah, you don't want him to to uh, you know give the game away, but also you also don't want him shooting you out of the game either. You don't want him you know going uh, Marshawn Brooks and shooting him shooting yourself out of the game. Uh, Armour Caspi one point, Marshawn Brooks five points. Those are the only two other players that played in, on the on the off the bench, besides Jamal Green. Again, model of consistency. You know him what, what he what you want him to give you ten to fifteen points every night. Rebound the ball really well. Uh, play defense is really really hitting that that um, corner three quite well uh, uh, this year. 
they really hit the three ball well this year all, all around. But that corner three is really it's really really going well for him. It was one for two tonight, but um, four rebounds, a steal, just you know did did a lot of good things. Um, had had some turnovers, but the Grizzlies had too many turnovers. Period. Um, it just you know. I'd say good job on getting the win, and I understand there are no, uh, there are you know, the, a win is a win, and you'll take it no matter what. But man, it, it was an ugly win. It took a lot for them to get there. Um, it, it was, it was just too. It was just you, you shouldn't have to do that much to win against this Nets team. I put it that way. Uh, they're not, very, they're not a very good team. Um, and Mark and Mike played entirely too many minutes. Um, and quite frankly, I would have you know instead of putting an extra. 15 minutes on each of them, you know, we, we should have, you should have just gone on with it, gone on with your life and tried to get a win against the next game. But, uh, a win's a win. You'll be happy whenever you can get them because quite frankly, the Grizzlies need them as much as they can right now. Um, they, they need as everyone they can get because they go and they lose against the 76ers and they, it doesn't get any easier. As we talked about before, this December, uh, schedule is very difficult for the Grizzlies. Um, they, they do not, it does not let up anytime soon. They have the Clippers coming in next. They've already lost once to the Clippers, and we're going to preview this game more on Wednesday. But I just want to go over the, a little bit of the schedule again, just like the next few games. The Clippers are coming in. Uh, they've already lost to the Clippers. They go down to the Pelicans for a one-game road trip. Um, and again, that game's not easy. You have Drew Holiday. You have Anthony Davis. And then they have to come. they come straight back. Uh, for a back-to-back against the Lakers, who come in with with uh, the king himself, LeBron James, and uh, against a team that you know, it's a, anytime you have LeBron James on your team, you're you're a pretty damn good team. Uh, and then they have to fly out to Denver. Again, same thing. A, a good Denver team to Portland, or excuse me, come back and play Portland here. Still a good Portland team. Um, and they had the Miami Heat squeezed in between the Heat and the, and the Trailblazers, or the, the Trailblazers and the, and the Rockets. Uh, a, a Heat game, you, you would hope that you would be able to win that game because I'm sorry, you, you look at the, you look at the schedule in December and you don't see a whole lot of wins. You can really count and, and say yes, that's probably definitely a win because then you, you walk around and turn around and you play the Houston Rockets right away. So um, you know Houston Rockets, then you got to play the uh, Warriors, then at the Trailblazers, at the Warriors, at the Kings, at the Lakers. All teams they've lost. All teams they're very capable of losing to. I mean, you could <clears throat> you could look up. Excuse me, and December from December there. Uh, excuse me, you could look up from December to uh, you know 15th to the 23rd in those five games in a row, and it could be easily a five game losing streak because you got the Rockets, Warriors, Blazers, Kings, Lakers in a row, and four of those are away games. So uh, the Grizzlies they've they've got it. They've got to stack up wins where they can, and they've got to try to just get out of this. They try to get out of this December, you know, at least 500. Uh, if not a little, you know, at least 500 or one game under 500 to, to make sure that they, you know, their record's intact because the West is so, so tight right now. I mean, you're talking about, uh, one or two games separating, um, you know, first and like, you know, or excuse me, like third and like 10th. I mean, there are so many teams that are, that are, are fighting for playoff spots in the West that, you could look up, and before you know it, you're out of you're out of contention. I mean, if you if you're not careful, then those three those games, whatever you were, were had stacked up previously, you know that had had stacked up as wins when you were twelve and five or whatever it was. Um, those games could not even matter because you're looking at you know from fourth to tenth as two games. Two games that separate fourth and tenth, 
uh, which is, you know, you can look up, you could be 11th and 12th at the end of December and completely out of the hunt I and mean, completely out of the mix and just really no way to get back. So, um, the Grizzlies have to find a way to just stay, stay at 500, uh, or like right below 500 to really even have a chance, uh, to make sure that they try to make the playoffs again this year. So hopefully they can do it. We'll see what that comes up next. Again, we'll preview that, that game a little bit more, uh, on the Clippers on Wednesday, the day of the game. But, uh, I just wanted to, you know, just wanted to look a little bit forward, look a little bit ahead to the rest of the schedule and just, you know, it's important. It's important you stack up wins whenever you can get them. So, Hopefully the Grizzlies can can do that against uh, against the Clippers on Wednesday. But again, make sure you're following the, the show on Twitter at Locked On Grizz. Uh, let me know what you think about the show. If you like it, you hate it. Hopefully we can. If you do hate it, uh, in fact, someone uh, hit me up on Twitter and let me know that I was pronouncing uh, Jevons Carter's name wrong. It's not Jevon, and I know that it's Javon. Um, and so I, you know, and sometimes you just that's those things just get get away from you. So I I appreciate that. Whoever tweeted me, I can't remember for the life of me now uh, who it was, but I, I do appreciate it. Again, I'm Mark Kane. Find me online at King underscore producer. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on this show, please email me at LockedOnGrizz at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, or online at LockedOnGrizzlies.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.